why I wear boots when I come out here. Yeah, there's a lot of glass. Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way editor and president, Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at wordandway.org. This episode is sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is a network of people and churches working together to spread the hope of Christ. For more than 25 years, CBF has been driven by its mission to serve Christians and churches as they discover and fulfill their God-given mission. Join the fellowship at work in long-term global missions in more than 25 countries. Join them too as they strive to form healthy congregations and support the ministers that serve them. Put your faith to action. Visit cbf.net to get connected. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with Gordon Coleman. He's the pastor of Mount Vernon Missionary Baptist Church in rural Callaway County, Missouri. Mount Vernon Missionary Baptist Church, a historic black Baptist church, was recently attacked in just a really horrific act of vandalism. It occurred on November 25th. That was the day before Thanksgiving. Extensive damage to the church. They have a structure that they meet in. When they're not meeting there right now, they haven't been meeting since March in person. They've been worshiping virtually because of the coronavirus pandemic. But the the main building that they have been using, and then there's another older historic site that dates back to the 1800s. In fact, the, the foundation of that older building was actually built by enslaved persons before the Civil War. And then the structure up on top was rebuilt after the war. Both buildings were hit, particularly the older one, high caliber gunshots in the doors and elsewhere. All of the windows were knocked out of that building, broken pews and podium, knocked down walls. I mean, significant damage to drywall, uh, overturned heating and cooling unit, refrigerator stove, just massive damage. Early estimate was it might be fifteen to $20,000 worth of damage. Actually, first spoke to Pastor Coleman on Thanksgiving evening. Uh, had some news articles already at wordandway.org, and you can go to our site and just search for Mount Vernon Missionary Baptist Church to find those. We, we talked about what had happened and the fact that this, although this was the worst case of vandalism, it's not an isolated incident. They've, they've experienced many acts, not just this year, but sporadically throughout the years, going back for decades. Now, on December 3rd, about a week after the attack, the Callaway County Sheriff's Department did announce that they had arrested four teenagers aged 14 to 16 for the vandalism. And so while it seems officials are making great progress in dealing with the perpetrators of this most recent and worst act of vandalism, as I just noted, the attacks on this church go back for decades. And so well beyond the perpetrators of this most recent attack. And so I had an opportunity on Sunday, December 6th, just a few days after the arrest, a week and a half after the attack, to meet with Pastor Coleman there at the church. And this that's the interview that you're going to hear 
now. And so it is outdoors. You'll hear some cars driving by the gravel road. You'll hear the wind pick up a couple of times. We, we start at the newer building and we walk through the cemetery in between the two buildings over to the historic one. And there's a lot of rustling of leaves in that walk. And then later you also hear the crunching of glass, the the sidewalks and the stairs around the historic building just covered with with lots of little shards of glass. But I, I really wanted you to hear from Pastor Coleman. I've enjoyed getting to talk to him and get to know him. His faith, his heart in this moment is so inspiring. And so I, I hope that you find this interview to be interesting, to be informative, to be inspiring. But I also hope that you will be moved to not just listen, but also to pray for this congregation, to pray for this pastor, and maybe even offer support at the end of the episode. I'll explain how you can find some links to give as they're trying to raise the funds to not only repair all of the damage, but also to continue to make improvements in security and and other aspects of the church. And so here's my conversation with Pastor Gordon Coleman of Mount Vernon Missionary Baptist Church in rural Callaway County, Missouri. And I'll note that I turned on the recorder, and before I could even ask the first question, he actually asked me the first question. So that's how the interview's going to start. So what did you think about it when you first heard it? Oh, man, I'll tell you. When I saw the pictures on Facebook, that's when I was like, wow. I mean, this is a, a level of vandalism and destruction that I didn't expect when you know I first heard that, oh, a black church had been vandalized. My first thought is, unfortunately, yeah, that's not surprising. Rural black church, you know, it's happening more than, it, more than it's being reported, which I learned we, we were talking. You mentioned how many times this church has been hit, and I've never heard that. Well, there's a guy, there's a guy that lives close to here. And uh, he worked with me yesterday. I worked seasonal for UPS. And he had told me that he lives close to here. And for as long as he was a child, he remembers that church being vandalized. And he's he's uh, over 40 years old. So for a place to be vandalized that much and nothing really done to to, to, to stop it. It's it's amazing that we live in a time where instead of trying to do things to head it off, to stop it, kind of put our head in the sand and say, well, it don't exist. That don't happen anymore. But uh, those it happens to, we really don't have outlets to to go to and say, hey, can we get some help to secure our premises? But the full story and spectrum of insurance is that building is uninsurable due to the years of uh, vandalism the insurance company said we man it's too much <laughs> they're, they're losing too much money yeah they lose too much so we we were we we were to the understanding of we have to do what we have to, do to make sure it stays intact when things happen and so that's what we did and a lot of times people will volunteer they'll donate and uh, we thank God for that, that people are, their hearts, and we're in a rural area, we understand that, but uh, we inherited something. For us to turn tail and run, it's not good, 
it shows that our belief is not really intact when we say we don't have the spirit of fear. We have the spirit of love and power. And love is the power. Because if we continue to love, people will see through incidents escalated before it's on a lower level. Well, it's just a minor broken window. Oh, it's this or it's that. But when it escalated to a, a level of destruction beyond the capacity of the mind to comprehend, and people were like, wow, I didn't know that kind of stuff still existed. And so instead of trying to categorize it, trying to analyze it, put it in context, we're just trying to find means and ways to keep it from happening again. Because I had a friend that told me one time, a deacon, he, he's gone now. Deacon Tony Johnson used to tell me, locks are for honest people. And that, that, really, that really resonates with you if you just savor for a little while. Locks are for honest people because honest people see it's locked and walk away. But someone that means harm, all they need is a brick. You know, throw it through the window or, and go or on rock through. And there's right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're gonna find they a way to, to bring get in. Rock here. Right, they're gonna find a way to get in. And so, yeah. locks are for honest people as well as surveillance is for crooks. So they'll understand when they see the sign in the yard, ADT or something of that uh, magnitude, Sonatro. Then they're they're somewhat detoured. You see where we had lights, mm. but over time those lights became they, they became useless because they're aging. So we are rural church rural churches they somewhat they they go into these periods of time where things are up and down roller coaster type way. And so you gotta be a man of God. You gotta be able to have the right spirit, have an optimistic look forward instead of at the moment so that you'll uh, charter a course and press forward, but you got to instill that in your people, uh, first by example, and then by the word of God. And, th- and that's mainly what I live by. I think people get so, feel it's so redundant to always talk about God, but I mean, why would I talk about anything else? And that's, that's what I stand for. I mean, if I don't, then I'm a hypocrite. So those young men, they caught four young men and they were minors, juveniles. I believe the parents are hold a responsibility as far as the uh, compensation for the damage. There's no qualms about that because we are uh, responsible for our children and their actions. Whether they learned it from us, we're responsible to teach them better. Well, I want to make sure that they understand we don't hold no grudges. We forgive them because we all have the capacity of destruction. Any time the Bible says all has sinned, we have the capacity. And so we thank God we have God's spirit to keep us from that, you know, because sometimes we're not able to make the right decisions. That's why I said, I want your actions to be my actions, your thoughts to be my thoughts. And therefore, we, we pave a way to betterment by example. Our children see us and the generations coming up will be able to do better because we've, we've all seen things we didn't like. Everybody talks about it until it just we we can't talk no more, no action. So we wanna we wanna be that example out here in the middle of nowhere. You see where we at? Yeah. I can see the older church building. Yes. And then this one and it's just woods. And I know you know they've driven by some houses on the gravel road, but from this spot, it's just you in the woods. That's it. We're we're out here 
and we've been here for 150 something years. And that was where uh, slave work, mm-hmm. slaves area where the master said you could build, uh, you could build a building. They used to meet under the tree, old old sheep shed. And he said, well, you can, you can buy this for a dollar, dollar. That that's that's powerful. When you're not able to obtain something due to the cost, God bring down the cost so you can get it. So we thank God that we are we're being assisted wholeheartedly by the community, by churches, by media. Just sends things like a ripple. People are really grasping hold of that to help us. You've been surprised by how much attention. I mean, you know, the Associated Press. So this story went out. You know, newspapers across the country. Have you been surprised by the level of attention this time after all these years of vandalism and silence? I think I'm somewhat stunned by the silence. You you can read something to the point where you see it and then you go on. The, the sensation wears off as though we're desensitized to incidents. You see them in the news all the time. And if it wasn't due to people always trying to speak out they would die and so the the effect of it i don't believe has reached the full capacity yet because that one person that god wants to come forward to help us has not been hit yet see what i mean all it takes is one and i believe that by looking at the story of billy graham looking at stories of, of different preachers throughout the ages that it took something catastrophic Strophic to make something extraordinary happen, and uh, I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. I can't embellish and say I'm ready. All I can say is uh, I pray daily that God would make me ready, you know. And He's doing a very good uh, work in me because I'm I'm getting to the point where I don't get angry. I just try to understand by looking at others, what can we do to help them be better? And the world's got to come to that conclusion. We've got to. we got to stop saying, it's so bad, it's so bad. What can we do to make it better? And each one reach one, I think we'll get there. So you can't take one incident and make everybody wrong or or everybody's mean. you gotta, you got to be able, Paul said, not look through uh, those muddy glasses got to be able to see what's actually there and examine one by one, not as a whole. So we don't, when they say, well, you think it's a hate crime? I think it was done out of hate, but I don't think it was a hate crime. I was a kid at one time. So you have to be understanding of adolescence and hope and pray that the parents would be able to bring them to a higher standard. So, Well, and, and I think it also, when we spoke last time, you talked about, and this is going on, and it was before, it was before the arrest, and you, but you said to me, you said, you know, regardless who did this, this was happening with a previous generation yeah. and a generation before. Yeah. It was happening when, when you were a kid, yeah. it was happening, uh, I saw the Callaway Sheriff's Department put out a list of, just in their computerized yeah. system, yeah. that goes back 16 to. years, yeah. which means they have incidents that are older than all of those involved right. in the slate. So, you know, there, there, there's something beyond just this one incident yeah. at play, and I think that's that long that's part of what you're reminding us. This is yes. not just a one thing. 
And it's yeah. it's ongoing circumstance unless we stretch out on change and take a chance on change. We know what's going on in, in our society, in our United States. And so we got to come to the conclusion, where do we start? And it starts with, with us individually. We can't look out at anybody or organizations or even our government. It starts with us individually. And so when you meet someone, uh, they're not a stranger. You can treat them strange, but they're not a stranger. You know, you should treat them with respect and treat them the way you want to be treated. And so that, that's how we got to this point right now, I believe. Came out of slavery, came out of different divisions, segregation. It's only because people begin to forgive begin to love in spite of, that they can see it's possible. And that's what we got to do. We got to show it's possible to, it's not about denominations or it's not about the patent on what we believe or it's, it's about just love. And if you love somebody, and, and that's that word is so, so uh, belittled sometimes that we take it, oh, it's love. There's different types of love. You know, you love your wife with a different love. You love your job with a different love. But if you love with agape love, agape means unlimited, you know, unmerited, undiscriminative. That I look at you, I see you. See, people say, I'm colorblind. No, I still see you, but I'm not putting judgment on you. I'm just letting you be you. Whatever I can help you be better, that's what I'm supposed to do. I wonder if we could, maybe it's what, 100, 100 yards football field yeah, away, yeah, walk over yeah. to the older building. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I think they got it boarded up. I don't even know if I still had the key to it. I'll right. try it. But one of the things that you mentioned to me before, and I can see now, is that in between the two buildings is the it's cemetery yeah, it's, of those it's symbolic, that have gone before. Symbolic that they look to us to keep this thing going. And uh, I, I counted a privilege and an honor uh, to even be the pastor here. My dad was here for a time, but uh, he was the uh, I think he was the orchestrator of this building here. I was with him, but he was the pastor. And he uh, he was a hard worker. And so we have to uh, give give that that honor them because they work hard. Yeah. Uh, you see dates on there. Yeah. Some of them out here have lost their dates. They're so old. Mm. 1926. Yeah. And I, I have heard from some, some people about, uh, you know, noting their family members that are buried yeah. here, you know, yeah. generations ago before. They even have what they call Buffalo Soldiers. An 1896 date on that one. Yeah. Some of them back over there. Yeah. Or real old. This is, uh, Newer portion here, okay, yeah, where they eventually will go down in there in the woods. You got families marry, so they all had yeah. like this one over here. Yeah, this is 1912 when they died. Mm-hmm. 1874, Bert. Yep. So that's a long time. Yeah, it is. It's a long time. Reverend Philip. Hmm. 1869 Lived a long time Almost The 1950 death Wow Yeah Lived a long time yeah. This is 89 I think 
one over there. A lot of them, one right over there. See that one leaning? Mm -hmm. yeah. At one time, vandals came in and destroyed that, knocked them all over. So we had to come out, pay somebody to locate again. Right. Um, well, uh, church member made a comment about there being even enslaved uh, persons to have prayer here unmarked. Is that? Yeah. A lot of them unmarked. Right. But you can see uh, down here, this one was, I think it was knocked over. This one here was knocked over. Yeah. It's uh, 1916. This one here was knocked over. Yeah. See all these, they knocked over. 18, all of them. 61 this one, burnt, that yeah. one, that one. They just came through and knocked them over. Mm. Yeah. So we sustained a lot of vandalism and uh, still persevere. Still go on. You can't, you can't hold grudges. You can't get that in your being and it destroys you, make you sick even. I know a lot of the prisoners at the jail back in early um, 1900s, they allowed them to be buried here because they didn't have a place to be buried. Mm. Yeah, that air conditioner was up yeah. under there, okay. but the, Pulled it out, destroyed it. They threw chairs through the windows, shot bullet holes all in the door. Oh yeah. Uh, you can also see see where they tried to burn the building mm. while you're here. Yeah. But it didn't. Right, the door didn't like. We are so fortunate in some ways. Other ways we struggle. We're glad that we're still standing, I guess. Yeah. I think this lock was changed several times. We didn't change doors about four or five times. Might be this door here. <coughs> That's why I wear boots when I come out here. No question. Yeah, there's a lot of glass. Rebuilt, not built, but right. rebuilt. Rebuilt, 1896. Yeah. Which, Way was started in 1896. Busted out all the light sensor there. Turn okay. the lights at night, but it got busted out. Every board you see is where they bust them out. Just pretty much every window. Yeah, every window. The inside, drywall is gone. It's it off the walls. This, this is uh, this is where it all started. Yeah, when we were talking earlier, you, you mentioned that the foundation of this building yeah, you would have been built it, by the enslaved. You can see a little bit of it. Oh yeah, here are the chairs. Yeah, still laying through here. the window. Yeah, still through the window. Did 
this job there's in 1905. Back over here, these are all stones that were, but they're gone. All those are old, 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 way back in there. <laughs> Probably slaves. But I was telling you, I meant it in the nicest way. The only difference in this church and any other church is basically churches of today are measured by their income. People come to those churches because of what they can do for them. If you had a grocery outlet, people would come here and they would get groceries every day by the hundreds, depending on what you had to offer. And especially in the COVID, people are hurting so bad. We were trying to get this back up to get on the uh, historical register. Hopefully, we get there one day. Clearly, uh, qualifies as far as standards for that. Right. Which brings new protections and so forth. Right. It, it would bring uh, not only protections, but it would, it would bring support yeah. to keep it standing. And, uh, it, uh, Make sure it's taken care of. But it's been through this whole face here. You can see where it's new. Yeah. And it was, it was tore up several times. You see where they shot fireworks. Nothing behind. I know that you all are, are raising support to, to rebuild and put a new security in. And I, I've, I've had, you know, Baptist pastors in other states even that, that have how touched they were and outraged right. and you know they wanted to give and support and put that link in all of our pieces so uh, we thank you for your help because without it uh, it would be hard for us as a small church we don't we don't know a lot of a lot of significant uh, contributors we wish we did to, to be not just in this instant but just just to help you along the way because when you're when you're a rural church and you're trying to stand, you're trying. To, most rural churches don't quit and win in town. I guess we're just just that determined. Well, you have this legacy, this rich, yeah. this building right here. Yeah. I mean, you know, built well, that's part of the legacy. The legacy, you got to fight. Not so it's physical. You just got to fight with your with your being, and know that you're doing it for a reason, a good reason, not because you're trying to be separate or different you're just trying to keep alive what you can show others it's possible to to stand for this long and keep standing but we were walking around i mean you have probably about three sides of the facility you're gonna have to have have the grave markers you you, you are literally surrounded by your your great yeah. cloud of witnesses yeah. great cloud of witnesses and uh man I, I wish you could have met some of them they were just so determined that they uh they they would sometimes Cause us to question our contribution. You know, they they had that much determination to just keep on pushing, doing what they could. And they were always at work. So I know it's, it's just it's one of those crossroads where you gotta you, gotta, you take the time for a little while. You might be sad for a while, but you gotta get back up. You gotta get back in there. And, that, and that's all we're doing is trying. Hold fast. 
get past this. What you see now, just like Job said, came up out of the ashes. It's better than the second time than it was the first time. I believe that's what's happening to us. We're going to come up out of the ashes and rise better. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about how, how bad 2020 has been. And it has been a, a difficult year. Right. And you all have been meeting virtually since March. Right. But this this history, I mean, this isn't the first pandemic that this church has lived through. I mean, we had oh, the 1918 yeah. oh, pandemic. Yeah. And that's not even mentioning, you know, the Civil War, yeah. slavery, the the decades of racial terror, uh, lynchings in this county. I mean, this church has lived through worse times even as bad yeah. as this yeah. is. And there you have it. You hit it right on the head. They lived through it. Made it. They're still, they, in the church they is still made here. It. Yeah, they're resilient through the spirit of God. And, and that's what that's that's what they're saying in this time. Look at us. We can do this. You can do this as a country, as a people, as churches. You can do this. You have more resources. You, you have access to other outlets than we do. How come you can't do it? We're doing it. And all it takes is for you to show through supporting us. Just You remember the story of Peter. Jesus was on the shore. Have you caught anything? Children, no, we ain't caught nothing all night. Been fishing all night. Professional fishing. You know, we're supposed to know where all the fish is, watch the signs, weather, everything. And Jesus said, what you need to do, you need to cast on the right side of the boat. Peter said, okay, who is this guy? <laughs> he didn't know who he was. This guy's telling me how to fish. I've been fishing all my life. Got my own boat. This is my, this is the way I live. You know, he said, I'm going fishing. After, after Jesus was gone, I'm done. I'm going fishing. So he goes fishing. But without Jesus, he couldn't catch no fish. So the next thing you know, he tries it. He tries God and throws on the right side of the boat. Now I'm going to do this. I'm, I, hey, guys, come on. Throw on the right side. They threw on the right side. The net was so heavy. They had to call little ships. Now that's the, that's the, that's the what they say, that, that's, that's the motto of the story. When, when you're overloaded, you, God gave you the resources as a warehouse, not as a storehouse, to help the little ship. We're the little ship. That when we get up, we cast on the right side. And we help other ships. And we bring each other up. That's that's what it's all about. We bring God's looking at us like call yourself a church. You need to help each other before you try to just say, Look at me. It's not about us. It ain't about me. You know, you quote me on that. It ain't about me. It's about God. And that's why sometimes you, you run into situations like this all throughout the Bible. They ran into roadblocks. You say, we're going to the promised land, going to Canaan. Oh, yeah, okay. Man, we out here dying of thirst. Man, we don't have any food. Man, I'm getting tired of this bread. Send you some quail. Make make a, 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 a meat sandwich. Not just bread, but put some meat in it. You know, that's how God was. He he knows how we are humanitively, where we go out and we complain without knowing. If he did it before, he can do it again, better than he did. Everything you ask, he gave to you, even though you murmur against it. He gave it. And so I, I, I look at all of the Bible stories, not just as stories, but it's a roadmap. It's a roadmap to a better place to know we all going to go against some things. It's how... And who we go to to get through these things. Go to God. That's why he sent all these people sending help to us. Because we went to God. 
And we and we let him know, Lord, we forgive. Okay. See what I mean? So you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. And there you are. You're striving, struggling. And I don't believe you have to die and go to hell. You can live in hell right here. Hard time, struggle. That's because you won't forgive. So that that's that's what we at a pivoting point now. And I believe once we do that, God will open the floodgates. And we'll be able to to know him for him and give him the glory. Because how you give somebody the glory unless it's something you can't do. And so that that's where the glory comes from. It's things we can't do, no one else can do it. So we give him the glory. I don't want to bore you anymore. No, you're good. I mean, it's Sunday, and I, you know, <laughs> right? It's ask, Sunday. Ask a preacher to talk it on I'm Sunday, saying, and I'm not asking the preacher nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna preach. <laughs> well, I really appreciate the the opportunity. I appreciate to, you to join you on the sacred space. You. This is holy space. Yeah, and uh, and, and your faith is inspiring and encouraging. And, yeah, and I hope that you are feeling encouragement from others in this time. I am. I am. And I tell them that all the time when they call, they say, we're going to, we're going to donate. We, we feel this way or that way. We praying for you. It's encouraging when people, if anybody, they thinking about you, they cheering you on. Like you said, the cloud of witnesses, it's not just up there, but here they, they need to encourage you. And we do the same for anybody else because we have when people go through things. We're right there because we're a community beyond Hope Summit. We go to Jeff City, go to Columbia, go to St. Louis, Kansas City, Georgia, all over the United States. We're spread out because people that started here in 152 years, they all over the United States. And so it breaks their heart when uh, the bride of Jesus has been damaged. You know, so we got we got to get, get her back ready for the wedding. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. If you'd like to learn more about Mount Vernon Missionary Baptist Church, you can search for them on Facebook. Make sure you get the one with the Holt Summit, Missouri address or head to wardenway.org and search for Mount Vernon. You'll see the news articles that we've had about them at both the Facebook page as well as the Warden Way articles. And I'll put in the show notes at podcast.wardenway.org. You'll find a link to the giving site that they are using where they're collecting money to help repair their buildings and hopefully make them more secure in the future. So I'd encourage you, if you've been moved by this story, to check out one of those places, either searching for them on Facebook, going to wordandway.org and searching for an article, or just looking at the notes at podcast.wordandway.org. Don't forget to check out our sponsoring partner for this week's episode, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook and head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and write a positive review. It really does help more people to find the show. And if you'd like to give to support this program, especially here we are at the end of this really unusual year of coronavirus and we're at the time of in-year giving. And so we really do appreciate your support in this time. And all you have to do at wordandway.org is hit the donate button. And whatever you give there will help support the production of this podcast as well as our website and monthly magazine. And speaking of that magazine, if you're not a subscriber, I have a deal for you. All you have to do, go to tinyurl.com slash wwoffer to get half off for your first year. If you have any comments or feedback about this program, you can send those to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. Thanks for listening.